Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and this is The Daily DC. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast... Joe Biden's worldview, the front runner in the Democratic presidential race, took to the stage today in New York City to deliver a blistering critique of Donald Trump's positioning of America on the world stage. Now, this is a critique that any of the Democrats running for president can and do make, but this speech serves a dual purpose for Joe Biden today. Uh, One, it reinforces his desire to keep the campaign narrative of his campaign viewed through the lens of Biden versus Trump. Oh, that battle with Kamala Harris on that debate stage, that was some other thing. That's not what this is about. This is about Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. He wants to reinforce that as the main image in Democratic voters' minds so that he keeps that huge advantage he has among Democrats as being seen as the one most equipped and most likely to defeat Trump. And so giving a foreign policy address, not that is aimed at taking on his Democratic opponents and separating himself out from his Democratic opponents, but that is instead solely focused on contrasting with Donald Trump helps him reinforce that message. But secondly, it does play a role in the primary as well. By Joe Biden previewing his team, previewing to reporters uh, what he was going to say and building up this speech and making this sort of a focal point of his week on the campaign trail, Joe Biden was also reminding Democratic primary voters and his competitors that he has a level of experience in this realm that nobody comes close to. Yes, there are people in the field who have served in the U.S. military and have been in the theater of war on behalf of their country. Yes, there are people who serve in Congress and deal with these issues day in and day out in their current day jobs. But there's only one person on the stage in the 24 candidates running who was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and who served as vice president for eight years in the Situation Room for every major foreign policy decision that President Obama was making. So given that, this is also the opportunity for Joe Biden to sort of strut his stuff on something he's got uh, that the others in the Democratic primary field don't got. That is uh, an important differentiator for him as well. My question is sort of, you've got, I don't know, uh, half the year left. So let's say... You've got 24 weeks left this year. Can Joe Biden each week find a way where the main thrust of his message is, A, on his terms, and he's not playing defense on something, B, that it reinforces the Biden versus Trump narrative, 
and see that it serves as a positive differentiator for him from the rest of the Democratic field. That's a tall order. I don't know how many weeks of messaging ideas and policy rollouts are up his sleeve to hit all of those objectives, but he he was able to hit that today in New York City. I want you to hear a little bit from the speech and get a sense of Joe Biden's critique of Trump and where he thinks his presidency and his vision could move the country. Here's Joe Biden earlier today in New York. He undermines our democratic alliances while embracing dictators who uh, who appeal to his vanity. And he make no mistake about it. The world sees Trump for what he is, insincere, ill-informed, and impulsive, and sometimes corrupt, dangerously incompetent, and incapable, in my view, of world leadership and leadership at home. It's why we've seen such a precipitous drop in how the rest of the world views the United States of America. One recent poll found America's leadership is now less respected than China's and on a par with Russia's. And if we give Donald Trump four more years, we'll have a great deal of difficulty if ever being able to recover America's standing in the world and our capacity to bring nations together, which is desperately needed. And I think it would be catastrophic to our national security and to our future. We can't let that happen. As President of the United States, I would uh, remind the world that we are the United States of America and we do not coddle dictators. The United States of America gives hate no safe harbor. There will be no more Charlottesvilles, no more Helsinkis. The challenge of following this disastrous presidency, however, will not be just to restore the reputation and our credibility. It will be to enact a forward-looking foreign policy for the world as we find it today and as we anticipate it will be tomorrow and years to come. So there you have Biden willing to take the fight to Trump with some tough talk. For all we know, perhaps I haven't seen any Trump tweets yet, but it might invite uh, Trump to try to engage with him on this turf where Biden obviously feels far more sure-footed. And you have him painting a picture of a world that has changed and one that he understands the change. He, he was very deliberate to not want to walk through all of the past issues that he's worked on, which you could imagine in some non-disciplined Joe Biden world where he would walk through uh, the Balkans and Bosnia and try to justify his vote for the Iraq war and his decisions uh, in the Situation Room sitting there and his advice for Obama. He didn't want to walk through all of that. Now, the Republicans wanted to because the RNC blasted out a whole critique, largely relying on that quote from Obama's defense secretary, the Obama-Biden administration's defense secretary, Robert Gates, the holdover from the Bush administration, where Gates says that you know, Biden for the last four decades has been wrong about every single foreign policy issue. It's a pretty brutal quote from from Gates, uh, who was on the other side of lots of battles with Biden. But the RNC used that to frame their entire critique of Biden in a prebuttal attempt before the speech. But 
you hear here Biden's discipline to stay focused on the future, the the way information moves around the world rapidly now and how that means the U.S. foreign policy needs to adjust to deal with the reality as it is now, uh, not as it was. He was very clear that he didn't want to be sort of caught reminiscing about his time at the helm of foreign policy, whether on Capitol Hill or in the White House. This was something he wanted to sort of take it to Trump and then keep a laser focus on a future-oriented argument. As you know, Biden made clear in his interview with Chris Cuomo, he made clear on the stump over the last week, basically ever since Kamala Harris sort of delivered that punch on busing at the debate, he doesn't want to be mired in the past. He really wants to talk about the future. And this, of course, goes to his age, his time on the public stage, because when he's mired in the past, he reminds people that he's not a new, fresh thing. Now, I don't know that he's ever going to be seen as a new, fresh thing, but he seemly, he and his team and his campaign clearly seem focused on keeping him when he is out in public that the message is very future oriented. A, it's a way to avoid battles on his record with his Democratic primary opponents. But B, it is a way to signal to voters that he's not of the past. He's got to hit that mark every week from here on out. And we'll see if he's capable of doing that. As I mentioned, he is the front runner. A brand new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll out today. Their first assessment of the sort of traditional horse race of this entire cycle. He is out in front with 26 percent support. His closest competitor, I think, is Elizabeth Warren in the high teens and Sanders and Harris tied for third at 13 percent. So uh, the same top four we've been seeing. But again, Biden is still clearly uh, the front runner in this race. Today was about hitting the marks which I think he largely did to reinforce that position. That does it for this edition of The Daily DC. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in again right here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.